Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. Perfect timing, Mr. Boone. I am Margot, your host. Uh, I hope you've all had a wonderful two weeks. I feel like it's been a really long time since I recorded, but it's just been the one week that I missed last week. Um, I'm probably just tired, as usual. So I had this episode, number 46, prepared just before the holiday, and uh, for reasons I can't completely explain or understand, as it usually goes with me and technology, uh, I couldn't get the platform that I used to record my video and audio to work. Uh, And then when I was finally able to test a little snippet, I couldn't get it to download. So I gave up. (laughs) I literally gave up. Um, It's actually quite funny considering the topic, which uh, I came to because I've been feeling lethargic, a little disinterested and a tiny bit gloomy um, and super, super sleepy lately. I thought this could be because of the time of year which can be challenging when you don't celebrate a holiday that everyone seems determined to beat you over the head with. (laughs) And it's not that I have anything specifically against Christmas. Well, Um, a lot of my closest friends in the world absolutely love Christmas, and I love seeing the joy that it brings them. It's just that I don't particularly celebrate it, and every once in a while you, you get you know, someone who literally looks at you like you're an alien and demands to know why you don't love Christmas. And then it gets to wear down on you, especially if you've been hearing about it since September. But, you know, that's just me. I'm just being my old crotchety Scrooge McFuckface self. Um, And it's not that. Uh, I thought about it and it turns out, I realize that is, that it's most likely the weather and the darkness, and a touch of that seasonal affective disorder, which is hitting me a little early this year. Uh, Much as I love to play in the dark and howl at the moon, I'm very big on sunshine and warmth. Uh, So around about mid to late November, all the way through March or April, uh, is kind of a drag for me. And if I don't remember to practice gratitude and notice the magic that's still all over, all around me all the time, it can be difficult Uh, if you're just not a winter person, you know? So uh, it was time to start my notes for a new episode, and I found myself just staring at my laptop with zero inspiration for a topic. So I did something a little weird that I promise not to make a habit out of doing, but I was just so drained of motivation and inspiration and then a little bit curious how this would go. So I went on to ChatGPT, that's right, the dreaded AI, Uh, No, actually, in my day job, I do a lot of copywriting for many web pages. So AI actually can be a lifesaver sometimes. And I just love that I'm making a search engine powered AI do the work for me so that pages can rank well, uh, according to a search engine. (laughs) As far as SEO goes, it makes me feel like I'm an evil genius when really it's just a lazy hack. So anyway, I decided to go on chat GPT and I typed in Can you write me a podcast episode about how witchcraft can be good for seasonal affective disorder? At the time, I hadn't even decided to make my episode about seasonal affective disorder. It's it's just what came to me when I started plugging a request into OpenAI. Uh, And it totally wrote me a podcast episode. Uh, Albeit, it's an interview between a podcast host and an expert guest. But there it was. So weird. 
So I read through it, and it really wasn't bad. And that's when the idea sort of rounded itself out. This episode is, in fact, now about seasonal affective disorder and how we witches, magical practitioners, and spiritual folks can lean on our practice to help us get through the gloomy part of the year, whichever part that might be, as it can be different for anyone. But seeing as how I just hit mine like a brick wall, here we go. So I'm going to read this AI-generated podcast episode and then give my take on what's provided here. Ready? Here goes. Uh, Also, I made up the names that needed to be plugged in, and I cleaned up a few disastrous statements. But otherwise, here it is. Harnessing the power of witchcraft, embracing light in seasonal affective disorder. Welcome to the lazy AI-generated podcast for sad witches, where we explore unconventional approaches to mental health and well-being. I'm your host, Agnes Nutterbutter, and today's episode is a fascinating dive into how witchcraft can offer positive strategies for coping with seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder affects many individuals, bringing forth feelings of low energy, moodiness, and even depression during specific seasons, typically fall and winter. Today we'll explore how witchcraft, often misunderstood or misrepresented, can provide practical tools and practices to combat seasonal affective disorder. To help us understand the potential of witchcraft in managing seasonal affective disorder, I'm joined by High Priestess Mildred Hubble Space Telescope an experienced practitioner of witchcraft, and an advocate for mental health awareness. Mildred. May I call you Mildred? You may call me H.P. Hubble. Ah, thank you, H.P. Hubble, and welcome to the show. To begin, could you share how witchcraft intersects with mental health, particularly in combating seasonal affective disorder? Thank you for having me. Witchcraft is often associated with rituals, spells, and connections to nature. These aspects can be incredibly beneficial for mental health, especially when dealing with seasonal affective disorder. Practices like grounding exercises, working with natural elements, and setting intentions through rituals can offer solace and stability during darker months. That's fascinating. Could you delve into some specific practices or rituals within witchcraft that might help someone dealing with seasonal affective disorder? Of course. One powerful practice is creating a sun jar. By infusing a jar with intentions of warmth and light and placing it in the sunlight during the day, then by your bedside at night, it can serve as a symbolic source of light during dark times. Additionally, incorporating herbs and crystals known for their uplifting properties in rituals or charms can aid in boosting mood and energy levels. Wow, it sounds like these rituals can act as symbolic anchors during challenging times. How does embracing these practices impact one's mental well-being? Engaging in these practices fosters a sense of empowerment and control over one's environment. It encourages mindfulness, allowing individuals to reconnect with themselves and nature, thus alleviating some of the symptoms associated with seasonal affective disorder. 
Moreover, the community aspect of witchcraft, whether online or in person, provides support and a sense of belonging, which can significantly benefit mental health. That sense of community and empowerment is undoubtedly invaluable. Before we conclude, could you share any advice for those interested in exploring witchcraft as a means of coping with seasonal affective disorder? Absolutely. Firstly, approach witchcraft with an open mind and a willingness to learn. Start with simple practices like meditation, working with herbs, or creating affirmations. Remember, there's no right or wrong way to practice witchcraft. It's about what resonates with you personally. Also, seeking guidance from experienced practitioners or joining supportive communities can aid in this journey. Thank you for those insightful tips. High Priestess Mildred Hubble Space Telescope. It's been enlightening to explore the positive impact of witchcraft on seasonal affective disorder. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. And that concludes today's episode. We hope this exploration sheds light on alternative approaches for managing seasonal affective disorder. Remember, Mental health is multifaceted, and finding what works best for you is key. Join us next time as we delve into more intriguing topics on the lazy AI-generated podcast for sad witches. Until then, this will never happen again. Take care of yourselves. All right, so that was the very extremely short podcast episode that was written for me by AI. Um, and that was the best I could do for the voices. I'm sorry. I didn't want to be outrageous, but I also didn't want to sound exactly like myself. Uh, I'm just sorry. So we know that AI crawls through pretty much all the information available online and provides information based on its findings on relevant, well-ranked, and typically trustworthy sites. So we know that leaves a lot of room for error or downright nonsense sometimes. Um, But I actually felt like there were some really useful bits here. So let's go over some of it. So H.P. Hubble suggested a sun jar, which I have to admit is not something that I think I've heard of very often. So I thought it was interesting for it to come up here. But based on the explanation, I think it's a I think it's a fantastic idea. Just a few months ago, I had a Patreon live where I created a strength and courage jar Uh, Using the same basic method, a jar filled with intention and items that can assist in manifesting an intended goal. In this case, it would be the calling in of the presence of the sun, symbolically, in order to have something to focus on in its absence. So Hubble Space Telescope then goes on to say, incorporating herbs and crystals known for their uplifting properties in rituals or charms can aid in boosting mood and energy levels. Excellent idea. So I gathered some examples. So some plants, herbs, and botanicals associated with the sun include almond, angelica, bay laurel, bergamot, chamomile, centauri, chia, cinnamon, eyebright, frankincense, guarana, juniper, life everlasting, marigold, mistletoe, myrrh, moringa, oats, peony, rice, Rhodiola, rosemary, rue, St. John's wort, sunflower, turmeric, walnut, yellow dock, 
Uh, and I also like to work with evergreens like pine, spruce, holly, cedar, or juniper because they do not lose their beautiful green foliage when the sun exits stage left in the fall. And they also offer assistance with longevity and vitality. You might also want to do some research into mistletoe, especially around the, the winter solstice as well as the summer solstice. It was very sacred to ancient druids, um, especially during solstice rituals. Uh, it's worth reading up on if you have extra time when you're stuck indoors. Some crystals or minerals associated with the sun include orange calcite, carnelian, sunstone, honey calcite, pyrite, tiger's eye, citrine, clear quartz, amber, ruby, uh, and jasper, just to name a few. And you may also try working with the gemstone or crystal that's associated with your sun sign as well, as we may find we feel the least like ourselves when we're dealing with seasonal gloom. And if you work with tarot, you may want to work with the sun card closely for vitality, joy, success, optimism, and clarity, as well as the fool for possibilities and playfulness, death for clearing, rebirth, and transformation, Temperance for moderation, balance, and harmony. The Ten of Swords for surrender and release. The Three of Wands for expansion. The Six of Cups for kindness and nostalgia. The Four of Pentacles for conservation, boundaries, and protection. Or the Eight of Pentacles for dedication to your practice or meaningful work. Okay, so moving along from the spell jar... AI HP Hubble also suggested a reconnection with nature as a way of encouraging mindfulness, fostering a sense of empowerment, and as a result, a way of alleviating seasonal affective disorder. And that can be challenging if you are anything like me and will positively implode in anything under 50 degrees. Even spending time with the chickens has been a challenge for me lately, but just as gazing at the moon can nurture a connection to the divine feminine and a balancing of our cycles, I find that simply staring at nature can help in this way as well. I find that I spend more time, especially with my morning coffee, by the window, watching birds, creatures, trees, what have you. I keep the bird feeders full, as well as the baths and water bowls, in case anyone comes along who might need some sustenance, and I pay extra close attention to who still is out and about as the days grow colder and darker. And even if that all sounds silly, it, it really does seem to help. Finally, Mildred Hubble Space Telescope suggests approaching witchcraft with an open mind and a willingness to learn. And this is why I think winter is the absolute best time to learn something new about the craft. Try something new in the way of spell work or creative outlets or start practicing meditation or mindfulness more often. It does at times feel like although the days are shorter, I have more time to explore since I'm not being pulled in the direction of outdoors so much. She says start with simple practices like meditation, working with herbs, or creating affirmations. And also to remember that there's no right or wrong way to practice witchcraft. It's about what resonates with you personally. And I couldn't agree more, just so long as you do so as respectfully and responsibly as possible. Bravo, AI. <laughs> so one more thing that I want to mention that seems to help when I get into this funk, if you will, is looking forward to winter solstice. Even though it's the literal beginning of winter, it's also the longest night of the year. And from that point on, the days will start to grow longer and longer again. By January, the extra light is noticeable. 
And this is that light at the end of the tunnel that can guide us through a long winter, knowing that we are returning in proximity to our great sun and it soon will shine down on us longer and longer with every single day is certainly something to hold on to. And I have no doubts that it's a major driving factor in what led ancient peoples to start tracking the seasons and honoring the sun at both solstices, like many of us witches do today. And before I let you go, I do have a spell for staving off the winter blues. It's a simple spell. We got to keep it simple because remember, we're tired and just not into it right now. And it combines visualization and intention setting, which are two things that you can also practice if you find yourself feeling closed off indoors this winter. And I also want to say that this spell should not replace professional advice or treatment. In fact, it can complement other forms of treatment and support for mental health. Seasonal affective disorder typically comes on at a certain time of year and then wears off in a similar way, but it's different for everyone. Some of us may be much more intensely affected by it than others, and no one should feel ashamed or embarrassed to seek the help of professional counselors, therapists, spiritual healers, herbalists, or anyone else that can help. What's important is prioritizing your health and well-being, whatever course of action may be necessary. Love yourself, first and foremost. So here is the spell. You will need a white or a yellow candle, a piece of paper, and a pen or a marker. That is all. Also, you'll need a lighter or some matches, actually. So begin by finding a quiet and comfortable place where you won't be disturbed. Sit or stand comfortably, ensuring you're relaxed and focused. Light the white or yellow candle as the flame flickers. Take a few deep breaths, allowing yourself to relax and center your thoughts. On the piece of paper, write down a positive affirmation or statement related to combating seasonal affective disorder. For example, you could write, I am filled with light and warmth even in darker times. Or, I invite joy and positivity into my life, banishing darkness. When you're finished writing out your affirmation, hold the paper in your hands and visualize a warm, comforting light surrounding you. Imagine this light growing stronger and brighter, filling your entire being with positivity, warmth, and energy. Focus on the candle flame and repeat your affirmation out loud or in your mind, feeling the intention behind your words and visualizing them becoming a reality. And this is important. You want to visualize yourself in that state of being, not affected by whatever is getting you down because the sun isn't out or it's cold or maybe this happens to you in the summertime. Then you want to visualize yourself being embraced by coolness and whatever energizes you <laughs> in the winter. I'm so sorry. I'm having a hard time grasping for that one. Um if you're a winter witch, then I definitely would love for you to chime in and comment on a social post or or uh, shoot me an email to explain it to me because I, I would love to know, honestly. It, may, it might actually help me. It might help me um, be less be less of a, um, a Scrooge McFuckface during winter. Okay, so when you're done with your visualization, focus on the candle flame and repeat your affirmation out loud. And when you feel ready, fold the paper towards yourself and hold it over the candle flame, being careful not to burn it. 
Visualize the flame energizing and amplifying the positive energy of your affirmation. Place the folded paper in a safe spot near the candle, allowing the candle to burn a little longer while you bask in the glow of its light. And when you're ready to conclude the spell, extinguish the candle safely. Keep the folded paper in a special place where you can revisit and reread your affirmations out loud whenever you need a boost of positivity and light. Uh, Honestly, I find that reading affirmations out loud on a daily basis is kind of the best way to start rerouting those brain space went blank. Um, Neural pathways. It gets those new neural pathways working. Um, The way affirmations actually work is really fascinating. In fact, an article on mentalhelp.net titled The Science of Affirmations, The Brain's Response to Positive Thinking by Lisa A. Kousis and Brindusa Vanta, MD, DHMHS, says that although some people may consider positive affirmations pseudoscience, the practice of using empowering self-talk for personal benefit has been researched in scientific studies. And researchers suggest there are benefits associated with the practice. The research is ongoing as more studies are needed to fully confirm the benefits of positive thinking, however. Because positive affirmations work by replacing negative thought patterns with healthier ways of thinking, they can have a positive impact on the brain as well as the body. By promoting positive thoughts and affirming an individual's core values, these mantras encourage productive responses to challenging situations. Individuals who practice positive affirmations may also experience increased self-confidence and self-worth and fewer harmful consequences of stress on the body and the mind. And that may include reduced production of cortisol, a stress hormone. Uh, Increased cortisol levels have been linked with various physical and mental problems such as weight gain, sleep difficulties, and an increased risk of heart disease. So the success of positive daily affirmations has its roots in neuroscience, which explores the structure and function of the human nervous system. Through repetition of affirming statements, the brain can form new neural pathways, which create physical connections to these repeated thoughts. Essentially, strengthening these pathways makes it easier for the mind to return to these positive statements and thought patterns rather than falling back into negative thinking. Eventually, this can lead to positive mental and physical outcomes associated with self-related thoughts, such as enhanced self-esteem and confidence. Remember, the power of spells lies in intention, belief, and personal connection, uh, especially when they are mostly visualization and intention setting like this one. And this spell serves as a tool to focus your intentions and channel positive energy toward combating seasonal affective disorder. Use it alongside other coping strategies and absolutely seek professional help if you feel it's what's needed for short term or long term. Okay, that is all that I have for you today. Please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you're listening. If you'd like some more content, please go to aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, the living grimoire, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can follow me on Instagram at 
a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony that's an underscore in between each word over on threads under the same exact handle or you can like my facebook page at facebook.com slash a is for agrimony want to contact me shoot an email to reach at a is for agrimony.com and if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join the community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash A is for Agrimony, where I share early release unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, occasional bonus content, and more to come. Again, thank you for listening, be well, and have an amazing weekend. <laughs>